Hello and welcome to Sunday League Sports Two Feet in Bounds. My name is Paul Halliwell. Joining me today, as always, are Tom Livesey and Simon Barry. How are we doing, guys? Not bad, thank you. How are you, Paul? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Very well, thank you, Tom. So, a little bit delayed in our recap. We had some technical issues with the, the first one, so we'll barrel through the Super Bowl and then touch on some other little bits and bobs. So, what do we make of the game? The game was pretty dire. Uh, if you wanted to watch a defensive display, then it was amazing. But if you're a neutral, you just come to watch the game. You'll be, you'll have left that one feeling a little bit disappointed. Well, yeah, yeah, Tom pretty much got that one. But despite the fact that the Patriots won, it was a good show of defense and it was not quite what everyone was expecting. Obviously, Patriots and the Rams, known for being gunslinging, hot shot, high scoring teams. And it literally came down to the defenses keeping all the offense at bay. And obviously, as the old saying goes, defenses win championships. And it proved it with the Super Bowl this year. It also helps that both quarterbacks were crap. Yeah, it was, was a bit disappointing, really, wasn't it? To be sitting there and not really get a touchdown until Sony Michelle hit the end zone. Yeah, to me, like the standout player of the game was obviously MVP man Edelman. That guy could not be stopped over that middle. And I did call it in the last podcast, Edelman, Michelle, they would be the two main players. And again, they proved it on the night. 10, 10 catches for 141 yards for Edelman. <laughs> yeah, that was an impressive display. He, he did totally earn that MVP that night. He seems to be the only one that's actually finding gaps in the Los Angeles uh, Rams uh, defensive coverage. It was very impressive to watch. Yeah, he's like... He, it's his go-to spot. Those slam plays, uh, crossover plays, anything through the middle, you can guarantee Edelman's the man. He, I mean, he's, he wasn't perfect. He did cut, drop a couple of couple of ones you would have expected him to on the night. But again, it, it was a, it was a good display from him. Uh, Gronk doing his thing. That guy is like a brick wall. And uh, what about Todd Gurley? Are we thinking there might be some trouble in paradise there? He didn't really seem to get a lot of action. Well, I called him last podcast, and that's like it's. I, I don't understand how they can be saying he he was injured but he's fit to play like when you watch some of the replays of those snaps he was sharp he was he was quick he was he he, he didn't look like a guy coming back off an injury to me so that just emphasized the fact more to me that there has been a fallout between him and McVay and there is a bit of locker room tussle a bit of fallout so I don't, I don't know what you guys think but t- to me the snaps that he did play showed how quick he was his, his sharpness his fitness I don't think he was injured one bit I, th- I think you're right. So I think there's also there appears to be a fundamental lack of trust as well. Uh, McVeigh has moved in from a, a pass receiving player to a, a run based player now, which is fine. But when you're in a game where your running game's not working, you need to start playing the pass action. You know, is it worth? It's probably worth keeping Gurley out there for that explosive speed. He can make something happen. He's a superstar player after all. Uh, and the amount of time he spent on the bike, you would think he was uh, preparing for the Tour de France. I, I can honestly see a trade request coming in for. For Gurley, because I mean, obviously, Goff's go-to man was Cooper Cup. He was out a lot of the season with injury, but he's due to be coming back next year. He was the go-to play-action guy. I, I, can, I can honestly see a trade coming in. I can honestly see it coming out in the press that there was a bit of a fallout and a trade does come in with the, with the known fact that Cooper Cup's coming back next season, fresh, ready to go. But I don't know why the club haven't just been honest about it. If, if there is a fallout... I mean, McVeigh should just come out and say, "Yeah, look, we've had a, we've had our issues. We're working it out. We worked out in training. End of. There won't be any speculation. There won't be any hanging of heads. You just just get on with the game, you know." I mean, I mean McVeigh's only second year head coach. Like he's brought a lot of new ideas in. It, it wouldn't have shocked anyone the fact that he's upset some players or some players weren't happy with his style of play. So you would have expected some locker room fallout, some bust ups. So yeah. It's, I, I agree. I, I don't know why they haven't been forthcoming to everyone as to why. 
playing it down as an injury when it's clearly not. I mean, with a guy with that much explosive speed and you watch some of the snaps and he's he's quick to step into the left and to the right, it's like there's there's no way he's coming off an ankle injury. Not a chance. No, I mean, there's certainly certainly something hinky going on there. But uh, moving on, because we can spend all day talking about Todd Gurley. What about Maroon 5, the halftime show? I don't know about you guys. I, I found it incredibly lackluster, really disappointed. I was looking forward to, to Big Boy, you know, Big Outcast fan, but it, it just... Uh, it was the safe choice, I think, wasn't it? Given all the people that had said they weren't going to touch the Super Bowl because of Colin Kaepernick and all of that, I think the NFL want the very safe choice of let's get non-threatening Adam Levine. He'll probably take his shirt off and, and run around. In fact, Tom, you you said let's let's take a bet until how long until he takes his shirt off. I, that, I did say that pretentious douchebag would take his shirt off. Um, you was calling it during the game. <laughs> it, honestly, that halftime show was rough. Um, it's, it's definitely I mean, not the best we've seen, is it? He's a decent vocalist. They're not a bad band. They have some songs everyone knows, but they're not the kind of. If anything, the, the halftime show summed up the entire Super Bowl. It was just a bit meh. Um, it was. It was definitely play it safe, wasn't it? Oh, massively so. The best part of it was SpongeBob, uh, <laughs> and even that wasn't long enough. So yeah, I mean, I, I just can't understand why they haven't gone back to doing what they've done in recent years of actually getting just one artist play the Super Bowl uh, to do the halftime show fully. Uh, get so a huge name. It, it can it can be the same person more than once. It doesn't have to be a different star every year. Ideally, it would be for for you know for entertainment purposes. Entertainment purposes. Yeah, you would but, you would want but, but one having, big name. Yeah, yeah. yeah but having th- three artists that didn't quite know what they were supposed to be doing. It was supposed to be for. Uh, and you know, and like I say, all this stuff of Kaepernick has um, really got the uh, the blood blood boiling in America. Uh, so much so, this was the, the the lowest watched Super Bowl in history due to due to well, that's true, that is true. But due to boycotting, um, and that should that should ring really ring true and ring volumes to the NFL brass. We were actually very fortunate, weren't we? We got to sit down with Lee, the landlord of the Sea View, that was uh, was good enough to host us, and uh, you know, Lee, Lee was was nice enough to give us some time to talk. And, you know, he's he's a nice guy, and it's always worth popping up. I mean, you know, for his sins, the Patriots fan. Yeah, everyone's got the cross to bear. <laughs> so uh, let's jump right in and have a quick listen to that interview with Lee, the landlord of the Sea View Pub in Whitley Woods. So, how long have you been running this? We now, uh, Webby and I had thought this through. Because Webby was one of the original instigators, along with me and Barry, uh, do with the long hair, he's a Green Bay Packers fan. This will be our 15th year we've been doing it. Good turnout, as always. Yeah, yeah. Well, originally it started with just Barry, myself, and Dave. And then the three turned to five, and then the five to seven, and prizing the interest locally. So, yeah, and then all of a sudden you've got a party on your hands. What got you into the sport? When I was a kid, it was Channel 4. It was, like, late 80s. And then I lived in Boston in about 1992, when Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback, and they sucked. Um, but because I lived in Boston, that's how I started playing the Patriots. So I'm not a glory hunter. It was just, I lived there. So I'm a Celtics, Red Sox, and a Patriots fan. And after I left and came back, that's when the dynasty started. It's always good fun. It's always a good laugh. I like the fact that there's different teams supported that when people come down they wear the jerseys and there's all different teams and the result whilst it's important isn't the end game here it's like there's nowhere else you'd do it 
Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just nice to have a nice piece of people. And there's a lot of knowledgeable fans here as well. Yep. But there's also newbies who don't necessarily know the game or whatever. So you get a nice mix of people. So it's great. Can you take us through very, very quickly um, your run-up, your preparation and the run-up to this? Obviously, you put the hot dogs, you put food on. How long does it take you to get ready for this? Not long, not long to be fair. Once I get Christmas out of the way, I then look forward to the Super Bowl night because it signifies the end of January. And January is a poor month for pubs. It's quiet. But Super Bowl is the one you look forward to. It's the highlight of the first quarter of the year. So I, I, not only am I a fan of the game, and I could watch it on my own, but I find it much better to watch it. It's not so much about the money you're taking. It's more about the fact that everyone's here having a party and having a good time. And there's not many places do it. And I'm a fan, first and foremost, and the money's... Yeah, great. But I'd, I'd be just as happy if we were all just sat here watching it anyway. Yeah, you build up a community, essentially. Exactly, exactly. Of like-minded people that are into the game. And there's a lot more people in here that are more knowledgeable than I am. And I've been watching it a long time. You know, but the nuances of it and the particulars and the strategy and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, yeah, that, the, the preparation, nah, it's just come down, I'll put some bits and bobs on and we'll have a good time. That's all there is to it. So I know you've obviously got your Pats hat. Yeah, yeah. Pats fan. So, what? The score will be at the end of the game. Well, it's not. It's, it's not turned out quite the way. I don't think any of us anticipated it. I think it's been quite cagey. Um, I think we've missed a couple of opportunities, but I still think we'll win. I mean, I think it will be a very narrow margin. This looks like a game for me that is going to be decided by some sort of mistake or some sort of individual piece of brilliance. I think it's going to be very tight with both teams, and I think second half. Rams are receiving first. It'd be interesting to see what they do on the first drive because so far they've done nothing with the ball. The events you've got coming up? The Super Bowl is always the greatest party. Uh, you know, no one else does it. There's a reason no one else does it. I do it A, because I enjoy the game, B, because I want people to come down and have a good time. And just enjoy it basically well, if I first time down the CBA, I will be coming again I hope so, so. very much so thanks nice for your time thanks Brilliant. for your time thank you very much for joining us late proprietor of the CBA pub and thanks very much for supporting the CBA thank you no, he's a good bloke and he did put on a good show. It was a good show in down at, down at the CBA for us and he was a good host. Yeah, it was very, very interesting chatting with him, finding out all his, his preparation. That was that was really good and you know, he was nice enough to give us his time. So moving on, um, did you see Gronk at the parade? Ah, oh, Gronk and Gronk. <laughs> I, that, he's I a special kind of drunk man, isn't he? He's is a <laughs> yeah. wonderful individual. Who doesn't want to go to a Gronk party though? Oh, I, I, I definitely do, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell that you would go to a grunt pie and never come out. You would die in the pie and you would think to yourself, my God, this is ace. You would die a happy man. <laughs> die a happy man. Well, I, I, obviously you saw him chugging bottles of wine. He turned up on one of the late night talk shows with a scar above one of his eyes. He got hit full on, full can of beer, just right in the eyes. He ripped his shirt and then Tom, you and I were, were sitting around watching him get particularly handsy with his, his girlfriend during the middle of the parade. She looked very, very unimpressed. Yeah, she did not seem thrilled. I think he forgot that he was on an open-air bus in the middle yes. of Boston, <laughs> surrounded by thousands and thousands of people and his own team. But the Gronk don't care. But the, but the Gronk <laughs> is the Gronk at the end of the day, and you know. Oh, you got you got to love him. The man's a legend. It, right, as much as I hate the Patriots, and I, I will go on Brady Shade for days. You do love you some Gronk. I do love me some Gronk. That guy is brilliant. He 
even even on the field, I, I respect him as, as an amazing player. But off the field, that guy is an absolute legend. Like when you see some of the newsreels of his of when he uh, when he hired that entire yacht, was yep. it for for his part? He does, he, does, he does make Dan Blazarian look a bit soft and tame. Doesn't he? <laughs> he, he's brilliant. He's if anything, he makes you laugh. Like he's he's proper. He enjoys his time. Like he, he puts the effort in on the field. He's a rock star of sport, and yeah, he's, he's, yeah. br- he's brilliant. Since we've had time to record since the Super Bowl, a uh, couple of shaking things that have that have happened in the NFL. We'll talk very quickly about one that could drag us down into the well, which is Kareem Hunt has been signed by the Browns. So let, let's just be clear about this. Let's beat around the wife. I mean, Bush. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can... Clearly, there is some massive ethical questions that the NFL well, needs to look at. Kids look up to these players. Yes. It, it, it is sickening, especially as a parent myself. I mean, you've, you've got a guy on one hand, you've got a guy who's willing to take a knee, for, essentially for human rights. If this doesn't emphasize collusion in the league, I don't know what doesn't. I mean, if you've got a guy who's being caught playing his day on video, smacking about a woman, and he can be signed up to another team within six months, and you've got Colin Kaepernick who's who's taking a stand for human rights, and he's been blackballed and colluded out of the league for two, what is it, two, three seasons? A yeah. couple of seasons. Um, we could end up bogged down on this, but I think we've we've said everything that really needs to be said. Something that broke today. Joe Flacco has been traded. Really? Joe Flacco has gone from the Ravens to the Broncos. Wow. I definitely didn't see that one. I mean, I, I told you they were going to trade Flacco. They've made the decision. No, but I didn't see him going to the Broncos. Though. No, I thought he was going to Miami. Woohoo! Go Dolphins. That's who's playing for us now. Actual porpoises. Ah, <laughs> uh, you've still got Kiko. <laughs> oh, he can balance a ball on his nose. Hey. Kiko got you the game against the Patriots. That and Gronk falling over is free safety. But yeah. your, your miracle in Miami was less of a miracle and more of Belichick going, ah, fuck it. <laughs> the miracle of Miami, it was actually Miami winning a game. We were just, we were just glad to compete. <laughs> it's not the winning, it's the taking part. It's, it's not even the winning, it's not even the taking part. It's the wooden spoon prize at yeah. the end. That's what, we're, that's, what we're all, that's what we're all racing after. That no, that like I, I obviously I didn't coming inside. I didn't know that newsreel. Uh, that was quite shocking. I thought Denver was pretty set with. Uh, there you go. That that just proves the point. Denver was not set because you Case could Keenum. not name there the we go. Case Keenum. I got the QB's name out. You did, and he proved the point that you needed to upgrade because nobody knew who the fuck he was. <laughs> but mate, you, you're trading from Case Keenum, the guy who pulled the Vikings from nowhere. Yeah. In my opinion, you you gone back a few steps there, trading for Flacco. What is going on in Pittsburgh? You've got Le'Veon Bell deciding, fuck all of y'all, I ain't turning up. You've now got Antonio Brown saying, I'm not even going to walk on the field, I'm done with you. Dropping the tweet as well. Yep. Saying his farewell tweet. Uh, I think it's going to be a win-win for both the player and the team. Because obviously, I, th- I think Antonio Brown's done it. He- he's, pa- he's out of his guaranteed money now, isn't he? He's- yeah. He's off his guaranteed money now. He's requested the trade. It's I reckon it's going to be a win-win for both players. Antonio Brown wants to be at another team. Pittsburgh can free up some of the salary cap that they've got with the high-end players. Get him over at Green Bay. I just think there's. I think there are ways and means of doing things. This is yeah, not yeah, really yeah. a way and means of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like dropping a tweet the day before going to your team and saying, "Yo, I want this trade," but it is probably not the good way to do it as a player. 
usually why players have an entire team of management and uh, agents to do it but I'll just want to slap them around the back of the head and say don't be such a dumbass <laughs> if you come out and start doing this shit why is every other team in the league not going to go hang on he could do this to us in a few years time we don't we don't we don't want that we don't want the shit PR that we can't keep our own house in order our players just seem happy to just go out on a whim and do whatever the hell he want I wonder what the Browns are willing to trade to get Antonio Brown over there <laughs> well yeah I, as, as a Green Bay fan I would give up one of our first round picks as well because we're only going for corners anyway yeah we seem to just draft corners all the time and talking of the draft a uh, couple of little draft things so we've got Kyler Murray's draft situation and also Jeffrey Simmons tearing his ACL and he was a first round predicted talent which one do you want to touch on first uh, I mean I'm not a massive follower of the college game. I will watch some games and you, you, Paul, you're more the college guy. You being a massive Notre Dame fan yourself. <laughs> They're playing gold. I, I'm here for it. No, but no, I did see a couple of uh, uh, Murray's games and he is going to be an exciting prospect uh, in the league yeah. next year. I reckon he's going to be one of those straight from the draft into the league starting players. He's going to be a high, I think he's probably going to come out as possibly the best draft prospect for quarterbacks this year. Won the Heisman. He's certainly going to be a top 10 pick. When you look at who's in the top 10, you know, you've got Oakland who are right up there where Gruden just hates Derek Carr for no discernible <laughs> reason. I'm actually starting to think Derek Carr might have slept with John Gruden's wife at some point. There's no genuine reason to hate him that much. No, it's, it, as, as a QB, I, I, I've respected Derek Carr for, for a while. He is a good player. And it only solidified my respect for him with that, that game when he came out with his, with his finger bent in half yep. and he came back on and he struck back on. Like, Gruden's got some serious beef with cards. Like you said, he, he's got to have done something. He's, had, he's done something, hasn't he? He's, he's done, done something. He has. He's done something to seriously pass Gruden off. Does he have a daughter? I can only imagine that is the level of hate. <laughs> the level of bile and vitriol that comes your way is uh, you do someone to someone's daughter. He said, have a home by seven. She was home at 7.01. Gruden just saw red. I do think we're going to see Kyler Murray being very highly. He's going to be very high. He's, uh, he's so good at, which is just unfair. If you can be good at one sport, fine, but not to be like pro league specialty at both. That's just considering that he got a pre-contract deal from Oakland. Yeah, from the Oakland days, and they gave him about five million dollars. That is a pretty dick move. He can still do both. He can still, do, yeah. Russell Wilson from care. Seattle, he did both. I don't care. Still have been a dick to be that good at both sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if so you this had is that- the voice of a jealous man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> If you had that level of talent, you would absolutely try and double dip. Shit, I'd try and get in the NBA and triple dip that bad boy. <laughs> but then, obviously, the next one is Jeffrey Simmons. Predicted to be a high-end defensive talent coming into the draft this year. Tears ACL in the workout. What do you think that does to his draft stock? Do teams still pick him up knowing the talent that he's got? Just let him rehab? Or do you think he slides because teams don't want to run the risk of picking up a guy who's already injured? Obviously, a torn ACL, it's a long slog rehab coming back from that. But you can't deny if a player has shown talent, yeah, he may not make the combines, but... He's had, what, two, three seasons at college level where they've been able to see that talent. I, I can see him going, like you said, slipping down a couple of the rounds, maybe going bottom end of the second, high third. I think he's a major value pick, just the talent he's got. Yeah, I, I think if you're, a, if you're a drafting team, you're looking purely for the future. You're not looking for right now. 
No, and, you're not. And the ACL is bad. It is bad. It could have been career-ending, but it isn't. You can come back from a from a torn ACL in a season, eight, eight months, tops. Yeah, a season. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. considering how much of the off season, yeah, is American football, he, he could be back by he could be back by summer. You would obviously have to look at the severity of the injury. Yeah, and I'm, sure, the player. I'm sure every team will be doing their due diligence on this because ultimately you're going to have to foot some hefty medical bills to get him and some rehab bills. You're not going to see a lot of income return on him apart from maybe shirt sales. But again, he's he's only a draft. He's a rookie. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of sort of billable money, as it were, come back into him yeah. until he starts hitting those, hitting some minutes. But then again, you've got those teams that are tight on the salary cap looking for an upcoming prospect. Can we take a punt on this player? Dolphins will have him. We'll even play him with a torn ACL. You don't. You don't. You've got Kiko. You've got Kiko. So what about next year? We've got Quite a lot of teams that are making moves, moving and shaking. The draft is coming up. Is there anybody that you like, Tom, coming out of college that uh, that you think could be a, a game changer for a team? Well, apart from the Heisman Trophy winner, I don't. I, again, I'm like I'm like Simon. I, I watch the occasional college game, but I don't. I don't right. know the the ins and outs. But I can't do top trumps of college. Has Tua declared he's going for the draft? Uh, he's not eligible he's, this year. Oh, he's not eligible this no, year. It's next year. Right. It's next year. But he he will be a massively yeah, yeah like. Covered I mean, I, I saw a couple of two of his games this year. Monster. He, he like he, to not get like obviously, Murray. He was a brilliant player, and to be beaten out to the Heisman. Well, at the, at the end of the day, the reason Tua lost out on the Heisman is purely because Nick Saban opted to take him out at the end of the third quarter every game because they were so far ahead. It's like right, I just I don't even need to have my starters in. I'll find eleven dudes from the general Alabama area. They don't even go to the university. We'll just get eleven dudes back. Go on, off you go because they're that far ahead. So when you've got Kyler Murray able to come out and ball every game, it does affect the way the Heisman committee votes. And yeah. um, it's a shame because I was rooting for Tua, and you know I had some entertainment on that. You know, it would have been a nice little return. But I, I do think this year's going to be quite a good defensive draft. There's there's quite a lot of guys on the other side of the ball that doesn't get as much love that I think could be instant impact starters. Going from a guy who's always loved the offensive game as well, and I've, I've grown to respect the defense more and seeing more and more of these defensive prospects come through and going above offensive players in the draft. It's going to be exciting more next year. All these fresh new defensive players. And then obviously myself, I'm going to, we're going to be doing a yeah, bit of a training camp. Right. I'm trying to dip my toe back into the game. I'll be going for defense as well myself. So as I'll be rooting for the defensive guys in the draft, defense to win championships. I, I do think we are going to try and do a draft special. Um, It'll beat last year's one where we were both in both our own homes. Texting each other. Texting yeah. each other. Have you seen the, the VT for that player? That podcast will be brilliant because I'll have nothing to say. You know, you can shout about a guy that Miami picked that everybody's sitting there going, Yeah, we don't want him. Yeah, no, no <laughs> nobody wants this guy. It can cut to the scenes of the people in Miami just going, Ah! Celebrating the same way they always do, they'll burn out cars. You never know. You may get another Ryan Tannehill. Let's <laughs> be realistic. We're never going to be that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, it's, it's couldn't fine. Couldn't just like unthaw Dan Marino's like broken ankles and stuff like that and just getting back in the game it's absolutely fine Tom Dan Marino can still outplay Ryan Tannehill this oh, to this day it's that sad for Miami like, you gotta feel bad for a team like that oh wait wait. do Houston still have Tom Savage maybe probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we can start a whole new who is Tom Savage again <laughs> uh, right so next year 
what are we thinking for next year? Teams to watch? Who who, who do you like, Simon? Who, who do you think is going to be, be big? Well, obviously this year, Baker Mayfield, the Browns, that was the big thing. Um, watching the way they played the season, the way they developed with Jarvis Landry, obviously now signing Kareem Hunt as badly as, like, as, as bad as the player might be as a person, he's still a good player. I can see definitely now Brown's making a winning season. Nothing special, maybe just scraping the playoffs, but making a winning season. Um, what about you, Tom? Any any team that you like the look of? And if you say the Dolphins, I swear to God. No, I, I can guarantee that the backhand sufficient, uh, the Dolphins are going to provide lots of entertainment and lots of points against uh, and absolutely nothing going forward. Um, I don't know. I, I quite liked uh, the Chicago Bears this year. I thought they did a, a pretty good job. Um, you just need to show up a few bits in defense. Uh, no, no. I'm a Green Bay fan. They cannot. No. Well, you, you, we're looking at this sort of... I'm, I'm, just here, to, I'm here to annoy you now. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're not looking at this objectively then. I'm, I'm looking at this objectively, whereas you guys have been looking at this subjectively. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I, I agree with you on the Browns. I think that uh, despite having a despicable human being that they've just signed, I think they're actually going to have another good season. Um, the Pats again they they just know hey, how why just trying to wire me up they, aren't you? they know how to get to the playoffs they know how to get to the end of the season know how to win yeah. games without playing well and ultimately that is what matters you can have well, all the flash razzmatazz you can have huge scorelines but you know look at the Rams they they ended up with three points on the board at the end of the Super Bowl I do genuinely think that the uh, the team doctor is in fact Doctor Strange just using the time stones <laughs> time every now and again do you reckon he has to be summoned by Belichick singing some Kate Bush? <laughs> well, that's, oh, that, I would pay to see that. That, that, is a men, that is a mental image I want shifting. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I think there's some some exciting hires that have gone on in the league. I, I'm slightly biased, very interested to see what Matt Lafleur does with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, obviously, I'm I'm excited for that, but. I'm as a Green Bay fan. I'm in no in disillusion. We are rebuilding. We are absolutely rebuilding. We are rebuilding. Rogers signed a new three year deal. We just got a new head coach, Lafleur. We've we're hitting that we're hitting that salary cap now. We need to yep. we need to lose some. As much as it pains me, I'm a massive Clay Matthews fan, but he has to go. He's he's too expensive. But I but I think another team that you really want to watch out for, and we saw a lot of it um, this year, is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. That is an offense that is unbelievably terrifying. And the only thing more enjoyable than watching the Chiefs is listening to Patrick Mahomes' voice. <laughs> that man sounds like he swallowed a frog. It does pay me because my girlfriend's brother, he's he's a Chiefs fan and he did rock up on the family Snapchat with, with the Chiefs shirt on in the playoffs. Being a Green Bay fan, not making the playoffs, it, it does it does pain a little. The last team I would say is is the, the Rams again. The Rams are definitely going both LA teams. Yeah, McVay knows what he's doing. He, if he can sort this shit out with Gurley, maybe get some decent trades in. If he's going to get rid of him, just get rid. Get someone in to replace him. CJ Anderson, for example. See, yeah, they, they they did not miss a beat with CJ Anderson, did they? No, they got. I mean, they got CJ Anderson. Uh, he he's not a backup. He's a starting player. You got Cooper Cup coming back, the king of play action. Uh, if they do manage to keep hold of and cuddle and work it all out, they've got Todd Gurley, uh, you've got Woods, Cooks. Like, that is, that is a, a blazing offense. Yeah. He's a very well-rated quarterback, but I think he's been kind of overlooked a little bit by a lot of the league this year for what he's done. 
And he's just kept the team ticking over quite well. I have rated Goff. I have been shouting from the rooftops about Goff since the day he got drafted. My my thing with Goff is, uh, when we was watching the Super Bowl, he keeps all of the ball too long. He tries to make plays when there's nothing, just throw the ball away. So is Aaron Rodgers, though. It's, yeah. it's a trait of guys that... the prop- Yeah, when, you, when you've got a QB, he's got a shotgun for an arm. He's got... He's got those two guys that he goes to all the time, Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley. They were his two go-to guys. I mean, when you've got Gurley not showing up on reps, you've got Cup out. It's It does show any stats. I think the thing is, though, that the NFL has changed. It's no longer about throw the 300-yard bomb down the field. It's about don't turn the ball over. It's much more, you know, they throw the word game manager around and there are certain quarterbacks out there like Alex Smith, who, by the way, they think he's not going to play at all next year with that injury. They think he's, he's out for next year entirely. But I think now turnovers are so costly because of how explosive a lot of offenses are that you've got guys like Goff and Rodgers. Mahomes is even guilty holding the ball yeah. too long. Andrew Luck gets injured all the time because they've got Swiss cheese offensive line yeah. and he's terrified of turning that ball over. Rivers, he's, he's similar. He's yeah. very similar. It's not, it's not just the, the explosive offense. It's the level of dynamism in, in defense. If you're a coverage player now playing in the deep, you you are in the middle midfield. You are not just there to track your man. You are there to make something happen. You've got to remember as well, most of those deep coverage guys are failed wide receivers, so they do have the speed there as well. I, I don't think there's, there's, there's exciting times ahead. I, I'm really looking forward to what the AAF's going to bring in this offseason. Um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the AAF. It's, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more football in the offseason, but you mentioned it to me like, oh, oh have you seen this up and coming thing, the AAF? And I was like, and I... I batted off as if, oh, it's just another XFL. But which is coming back? Which is coming back next year? Um, I'm not looking forward to that though. Vince McMahon, as an entertainment guy, stick to the wrestling, dude. You failed once. <laughs> you failed once with the XFL. We had the first weekend of the AAF and uh, enjoyable. It, it was good. It was good. I mean, I've not watched the full game. I've just watched all the highlights of what for half the games. But from what I've seen. It is a league of number twos. 100%. It is definitely those guys that didn't quite make it. Uh, Trent Richardson uh, playing for the Birmingham Iron. He was one of those highly drafted players coming hot out of college straight from Bama. Didn't quite make the cut in the league. Uh, he ended up with the Browns. I mean, when you start at the Browns, your career is pretty much... Uh, 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 granted now, it's a whole lot better. But back then, if you got drafted by the Browns, it was pretty much a given that you were done in four years. And the, the good thing about it is, is that it gives... It's created now. It's taken a long time, but it's now created essentially what is the A-League in baseball for American football. And it's created a development league, which is something I think the NFL misses. It, no, it, it is. I, I can see this being a bit optimistic. It's, it's, we've only seen the first round of the week one of games this week. I can see this definitely becoming a good, viable, feasible feeder league. And the good, the good thing about it is, is if the NFL have got players like Simmons, stick him in the AFF. Yeah, a, a, AF. yeah send him. Send get, him. Get him some, send him down. Yeah, get him some experience. You get him some game time and then you can say, right, okay, play in the AF for a few months. Right, let's bring you back in, get you on our training camp, teach all the players, get to get you up speed and get you in. It, that's probably one of the things that the FA in England have gotten right, the youth loan system. Yes. So the, the, the great thing about it is, is that youth players um, come through, get game experience in lower leagues. So, which are usually a bit like, especially Premier League teams where it's a bit harder. It's a bit rougher. Definitely a lot more they, tougher. A lot more physical. They learn the game. 
They learn their, their role in the game and, and they progress from there and then they go back to the parent club, take it back and hopefully kick on. That's going to be a good thing because they've declared this. Each team has its own territory. So within that territory, they get uh, certain colleges to feed them. They then get, they've all the, also then partnered with, what is it, four NFL teams, one Canadian Football League team. It, it's a good starting point to be like the MLB have got. Send players down, call players up. I mean, obviously, we all know the NFL's got their own practice squads, but those practice squad players don't really get reps. They don't get game time. I, I can really see it being viable. And I mean, obviously, we, the, the first live game televised, three million views. It was entertaining. And I like the, the, some of the rules that they brought in as well. Like we, before the Super Bowl, we talked for hours. We had a good two hour phone call way before the Super Bowl. And we spent a good half an hour, five minutes talking about the overtime rules and the way that they've, the AF have come in and gone right. Overtime, still a draw. You get one possession each, four downs. Let's see yeah. what you can do. It's, it's simple numbers. If, yep. the games, if the games aren't on during these months and you say, I know, we'll put games on during that month. Doesn't matter how good or bad or indifferent it is, you will watch it. Oh, 100%. And he used to watch Canadian football just to get his fix. In the off-season, I used to watch Canadian football. I was was, was an Alberta fan during the off-season. Now I've got the AAF. I don't have to watch as much Canadian football anymore. (laughs) I I always found it really interesting watching the Canadians when you got down into the rare third down and sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That that was always an interesting situation to be at third down and sorry. Sorry, guy. Right. Anything from you, Tom? Any any last words? Uh, send help. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's going fifty-fifty on his sports press that are winning tonight, but five wins, one draw. If only we could, if only we could get those kind of uh, winning statistics in Miami, then it would truly be a sunny place. So, from Sunday League Sports, me Paul Alliwell, Tom Libsey. Good night, and Simon Berry. Hello. <laughs> new tagline <laughs> Simon has been trying to work on his sign off line all week and that was the best he yeah. could no, you guys <laughs> yeah. ripped me to bits <laughs> so I was going for it again I, I was going to I was going to keep it consistent the re-edit consistency yeah. is key well thank you very much for listening we'd again like to thank our fantastic host of the Seaview and Whittley Woods big thank you to Lee and to both my co-hosts and to yourself for listening bye